Hey, welcome world travelers and fellow adventurers to the Tales of a Traveler podcast. It's me, your host, Stacey Utek. My greatest joy is traveling and exploring the world with people that I love. I have been to 63 countries and have a bunch of stories to share with you. So thanks so much for joining me as I venture down memory lane and share with you the tales of my adventures from around the world. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to my podcast. Listen, I know that everyone has been refreshing their podcast page, just waiting for a new episode to come out. I know you guys have lost sleep over it. Here I am. I've, I've re-arrived. And not only that, this is, this is the most special podcast I've had since, you know, the start of this seven or eight episode stint so far, because I'm actually in another country, which is exciting. And I've had a couple weeks in Iraq, as many of you guys already know. Um, But I am sitting currently with my very special guests. They are very, I would say, physically attractive. (laughs) And articulate, humble, funny, shala. I don't know what that means. Lord willing. Lord willing. Okay, yeah, we're going to have a good time here today. So here's here's the this disclaimer. It is currently 12.38 a.m. We are waiting for our flight, which starts around 4. And so we are exhausted. <laughs> so I don't know what's going to come out of our mouths. But here's the thing. I have spent the last 10 days with these humans. They are incredible. They have these amazing stories. They're doing this like work that no one ever really hears about. And maybe they're supporters. I mean, yes, they're supporters. But... Most of the world has no clue what is happening here. And I think also we have this like weird perception of Iraq and I'm really excited for those perceptions to get busted up. So I would love for you to hear about this beautiful country, these incredible people and like these long-term workers who have committed a season of their lives to being here. So I have three guests. Oh, Here they are. I'm going to have them, each of them, say their name, say your name, where you're from, and then a little bit about, like, how you got here to Iraq. Like, what in the world? How'd you get here? Okay. (laughs) Go for it. Okay. Hey, y'all. I'm Alyssa. I'm originally from Oklahoma City. And, yeah, I've been in Iraq for, like, a year and a half now. Um, I did three years of BSSM. I started in 2016, graduated in 19. Heard about, uh, heard about Light a Candle and uh, what they're doing in the Middle East when I was in first year and knew I wanted to come. And as soon as I graduated, hopped on a plane. That's about it. Wow. Yes. Amen. Um, I am Sarah, and I've been here for <laughs> a year. <laughs> I'm laughing because they're making fun of the way that I say my name when I introduce myself. Anyways, I'm Sarah. I've been here for a year. I'm from Pennsylvania, um, and I first I first came to Iraq in 2016. Lived a mile away from the front lines in Sinjar, and told the Lord that if He takes me back to the to America, that I would never come back again. Needless to say, I came in 2019 because um, He was calling me back here. The minute I landed, I knew I was coming back, and then ended up coming in 2020, and have been here. Yeah, ever since. Um, yeah, super excited for you guys to listen to this podcast and learn more about the people and the land that I so love. Hello, my name is Adam. I'm from 
uh, a city called Southampton in England, which is pretty much middle of the map, due south. Uh, you can't get any further south without getting your feet wet. Um, I have been on the ground here for a little over a year, since February uh, 2020. Uh, for the longest time since graduating, I... Uh, graduating university, I worked in London in corporate sales, um, was there for a long, long time, and then came out to Iraq uh, kind of um, by chance with, with Light a Candle um, in November 2019, absolutely fell in love with the place. And then when going back into big high profile meetings, all I could picture myself doing and all I was longing for was being back in the, the dust bowl that is uh, <laughs> Iraq. So I went from boardroom to boardroom to refugee camp oh my gosh that's amazing oh, you guys these three people are jewels just gems um i so we've been kind of joining up with what they already do which has been incredible um we have been ministering to the zd group of people who i'm going to have them talk about in a minute um we've been doing some distribution stuff um yeah, we just kind of been all over the map the past couple of weeks, but I I kind of want to just hand it over to them because they're going to articulate it so much better than I ever could. Um, but yeah, Alyssa, I'd love for you to share, like, tell us more about the Yazidis and where they originate from, like what their story is and yeah, go into as much detail as you feel is good. Sweet. Yeah. Okay. So the Yazidi people... I had no idea about them before I moved here. Never heard of them. Super small people group from the Sinjar Mountains in northern Iraq, near the border of Syria. Um, They are not Muslim. They're not Christian. They're their own religion, so it's a people group and a religion. Uh, They are looked down upon by pretty much every culture. From people here, you hear um, Christians and Muslims alike don't like them. Um, They're seen as devil worshippers because... Uh, so they believe in God. They believe that God created the the universe, and they believe that um, there are seven angels that helped God. And one of them, um, God felt threatened by him, and so he cast him out of heaven and gave him a rule over the earth. And so that is Muslims and Christians see this as Satan, of course, and Yazidi people because they believe that this um, angel, this fallen angel, uh, rules the earth. They worship him because they believe it brings blessing and peace and all these things. They believe that this angel takes care of them on the earth. So they worship God, but also this this fallen angel. And so um, through the years, they faced many genocides. They've been I- ISIS targeted them. They um, killed their men, kept their women as slaves, uh, raised the, like took their children, raised them to be child soldiers. Um, even before that, they've been, they are considered the most persecuted people group in history. Um, very, very cruel. Like the, the worst stories that we've ever heard have come out of Yazidi communities. And you know what? We just love them. And they are, in our experience, I would say they are some of the most humble and open people. And it's, it's just what, what I love about them so much is just, we get to go into these communities, these camps of people who are, you know, who who many people around the world have said that they should not exist. And we come in and all we get to do is love them. Like, that's all you have to do. And that, that opens the door. They, they, yeah, they are some of the most loving people. And that's, that's all I feel like is a father's heart for them. That's all, like, I don't feel like I have many other words just because, you know, how could you, like, look at someone and say that they're not worthy of that? And so, um, yeah, we love them dearly. And I'm sure we have some, some stories to share, but that's a little, yeah. 
quick Thank history. You. Yeah. Anything else to add? YouTube? Yeah. I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say um, just to kind of echo and reiterate what, what Alyssa was saying. They, the level of persecution that these people have been through has been never ending for, for you know, hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, they've been persecuted by just about every people group that surrounds them. Um, ISIS, you know, the most recent iteration of persecution, basically viewed them as, um, as less than human. So property um, to be, you know, used and abused and discarded when, when no longer fit for purpose. Um, and so, yeah, uh, as Alyssa was saying, some of the stories that come out of these communities are absolutely tragic and heartbreaking to hear. But despite all of this, again, as Alyssa said, they are incredibly warm, incredibly welcoming. Yeah. Um, you know, they, as a people group, are incredibly resilient. And it's such a privilege to work with them and help them uh, in whatever way we can, support them with emotional healing and, uh, you know, emergency relief and, and everything like that. So, yeah, incredible people group. Yeah, and it's been really sweet to watch you guys, like, all week just interact with them. And they feel so at home with you guys. And, yeah, I just feel like I got to come and observe how... Yeah, how incredible you guys are with them and the relationships that you're building, which has been so sweet. Um, yeah, I'd love for you guys to share a little bit about what you're doing, like what your favorite things are that you're doing. I know there's a ton that you guys do, but maybe just highlight one of your favorite things that you're involved with right now. And um, yeah, maybe a story that's come out of that that has impacted you. Sarah, do you want to start? Sure. Um, yeah, so I... I, <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, I work with the children and then also the, the young girls, um, which I love, love, love working with them. Um, and I just, I love the children just because they've been through so much trauma. Some of the children we work with, like were captured by ISIS, um, and they were being trained to be, you know, their child soldiers before they got rescued. And which I, you know, you can't imagine what what they went through. Um, but just seeing like the change in them and seeing seeing them actually get to be children. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's so, so good. And it's I, I just love it. Um, and then with the young women, um, what I want to do and what I'm still pioneering at the moment or just looking into is getting them to just to learn different skills, life skills, so that they can start their own businesses or um, just make money. And I, my heart is really that they would know that they're more than just um, just women. Well, that's not the right word. Uh, they're, <laughs> sorry. they're more than a woman. <laughs> they're more than a woman. No, there are women, but they, they, they can be more than just housewives yeah. and mothers, you know? And that's amazing. But <laughs> sorry, she keeps holding my phone in the way I told her not to, yeah. but it's just, you know, it's almost 1 a.m. So, guys, yes, I'm tired, but there we go. There we go. Yeah, Anyways. Yes, these women, these girls can be more than the yeah. situation that they're in. Okay. There, that's it. Um, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> wants to say something. Well, I want to finish my story. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, just a quick story that I want to share with you guys because I think it will inspire you guys. Um, is So we started this program about two months ago and the second, time, the second week that we were doing it, 
um, we felt like we needed to spend some time with the girls and just uh, pray with them and really, but we didn't know how. And one of us asks, I think it was me, that we asked them, like, have you ever heard stories about Jesus? And they look at us and they're like, no, um, but we'd love to because we want to know all about him. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And, and so I'm like, okay, I'm going to start with one story today. And they look at me and they say, can you just tell us everything you know about Jesus? Can you tell us all the stories? And so since that, like, we've been exploring um, just who Jesus is and um, just our hunger to know truth and to know more than, than, their, than yeah, their religion, to know more has been so, um, so beautiful and it's been such a blessing to be a part of that. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, did you want to make a comment? <laughs> Do you want to add to that, Adam? Yeah, I'd... I'd... <laughs> I guess um, a lot of what Sarah is doing so wonderfully with the girls is that it's not just, um, you know, let's, let's sit quietly and, you know, let's sit and talk about emotions or feelings for, although that's, you know, important. Fundamentally, it's empowering these, these young girls and women to be, or to, to show them that their life doesn't have to be a house. I say a housewife. House is a very loose term. They live in tarpaulin cubes that are about, you know, 10 feet by 10 feet. Um, you know, their, their life doesn't have to be just getting married and having children. You know, they can be doctors, they can be engineers, they can be teachers, they can be professors. You know, it's, it's showing that they can be business owners. It's, it's really empowering them to see themselves as more than what society um, teaches them that they are. Even more so because Yazidi, you know, within the community here in the city that we live in, Yazidis, you know, women are second class citizens. You know, that, that is the nature of the country that we live in. Then when you are a refugee, you are lower. Then when you're a, a Yazidi refugee, you are the bottom of the pile. Yeah. So if you're a female Yazidi refugee, yeah. you are like, you know, you're ignored. You're continuously under threat of abuse from, um, you know, from men in the culture. Um, and so, you know, their, their prospects that society puts on them are minimal. Mm-hmm. And so what Sarah and Alyssa... Um, and then some others that we're working with are doing so wonderfully is, is showing them that they can be more. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, <laughs> I get excited talking about this and I, I you know, can't be part of this for, for obvious reasons, but I'm their biggest supporter from behind the scenes, uh, the biggest cheerleader, as it were. Um, now, my role is, is with the children, boys and girls. Um, I absolutely adore tearing about with them. Uh, we are teaching... Um, English. So, so when we entered the camp, uh, we asked them, you know, what the, we asked the parents, what are your desires for your children, and how can we, you know, how can we assist you, and how can we help you to to realise the dreams that you have for your children? And something they said really quickly was, you know, we would love them to learn English. Mm. Um, you know, we we didn't come in and decide, you know, we're going to. Um, you know, do colonial, uh, colonial work and teach everyone to speak English. This was a request that came from them because in the, in the, the, you know, in the international world and in the city here, if you, learn, if you know English, more job opportunities are available to you. Mm-hmm. And so we've been teaching them English. Um, we have two classes, a junior class, basic class, introductory class that Sarah teaches, and then a more advanced class that I do. Um, and we structure it with structured um, English lesson learning. And then after that, is the chaos. You know, we'll, we'll run around, we'll play games, we'll play sports, um, we'll have dance parties where they listen to Gangnam Style on repeat almost endlessly. Um, 
But what I love about this is, on the one hand, as Sarah's already mentioned, you know, we are enabling children to be children. Mm. And so many, so many of these have uh, severe trauma, mm. um, especially those that were taken in captivity by ISIS. Um, you know, to, to not dwell on this point too much, but paedophilia was ripe within ISIS. Mm. And so these children, ha- you know, some of these children have severe trauma. Um, and so we're enabling children to be children fundamentally. Um, on top of that, we're giving them structure, um, which, you know, again, some of these kids have had no structure in their lives, if, uh, if at all. Um, so we're providing structure. On top of that, we're providing skills training with the, the Girls Empowerment Programme. We're providing English lessons. Um, and then also we're providing them with just a release, you know, an opportunity to forget for a moment that they're living in squalid conditions in a refugee camp, um, in, a, in a waste ground. They're, they're children being children and just messing around and having fun. Uh, something that's really struck me, even in the, the few months that we've been with them, is how they have responded to having structure. Mm. Now, when we first came in and tried teaching English, it was, <laughs> I mean, it was pretty chaotic. <laughs> We'd get maybe five minutes of concentration before it would descend into anarchy. Mm. Um, fights would be a very regular occurrence with children trying to stone other children. You know, <laughs> without, <laughs> without exaggeration, they were genuinely trying to stone other children, throwing rocks at them. Um, you know, small children would fight, which would then make the larger children fight. Their big brothers would fight and then their parents would fight and it would just descend into chaos. Mm. But we've seen an incredible uh, peace just come over this camp. Um, and so I think the structure that we're putting in place, along with the, you know, the, the games that we're, that we're playing with them, mm. is really giving them a release and actually uh, it's just helping them to slot into a more structured, a more kind of peaceful existence and sometimes I use that word peaceful quite loosely but um, yeah just the change that we've seen in these kids and the openness to to share with us has been absolutely astounding in the months that we've been with them. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, and one of the things that really impacted me, um, one of the displacement place uh, centers that we went to in the past week, we were working with the kids and doing a skit and just talking about how they can talk to Jesus at any time. And then we asked if anybody had like pain in their body. And one of the boys had, I think pain in his knee. Right. And, um, instead of like you guys or any of us being the one to lay hands on him for healing, they, you guys brought up like another boy or right. He had, he had experienced healing in his body. Right. Mm -hmm. At some point. And you had him be the one to lay hands on this other boy and pray for healing. And then he like, did a couple laps around and felt no pain in his knee. And it was just so beautiful. And I mean, Jesus heals all the time. I love that. What I love the most is that you are showing these children, Hey, it's not the missionary that comes in and prays for the healing and leaves. Mm. Like it's not the white person who comes in and does the healing. And like, you guys can pray for each other. You guys can ask the Lord, um, to heal and, place hands on each other and, and, and it's just beautiful. And, and so I think with that said, um, Adam, like when you talked about sustainability, I thought that was really beautiful. And I wonder if you could kind of let, yeah, my, let my listeners know what your heart for sustainability is, um, as you do your work here. Absolutely. Now, but when, before landing, um, on the ground here, I did a, a bit of research into, um, what makes, you know, when, Revival has come or when there are movements of Christianity around the world or when uh, NGOs begin in different places. 
what, why do they stop and why do they keep going? And the ones that are successful and, and really gain momentum and growth is this sustainability factor. And the, the key thing is always having a succession plan. Always be thinking about, you know, if, if we were to disappear tomorrow, let's say for whatever reason we left tomorrow, is this project going to keep going without us? Yeah. Because that, that's got to be the key thing. And, and part of um, what we as a team are doing is looking to equip those that we are working with uh, particularly locals that partner with us as an organization to to really be leading in the areas of responsibility that they have and looking to equip them and grow their leadership because you know we, we don't know what the future is going to hold um, and I and I know Alyssa and Sarah would would echo this as well but if we were to leave tomorrow we want these projects to continue going you know the last thing we want to do is is be be here one day and then all the projects just disappear um you know as as soon as we leave because fundamentally we don't want us to be doing the you know it's, it's not us that's doing the hard work it's our partnership with the lord but it is also um more importantly it is locals doing the work because locals meeting locals is how sustainable change in the community and in the culture takes place because if we can have in the girls empowerment program, let's say, or the women's program that Alyssa is going to talk about, if we can have their own people taking ownership of these projects, it is going to really roll because they're going to be developing their skills. It is a, a community-owned project and there's more community backing and it just rolls and rolls and, and really picks up steam. So fun, the, the, what it boils down to, though, is if we leave tomorrow, yeah. will it continue without us? Yeah. That's so huge. I love that. I really love that about what you guys are doing. Um, yeah, Alyssa, I'd love to hear more about, I mean, I've been able to kind of sit with you and some of the things that you're doing this week and it's just so, oh my gosh, it's so amazing. I just have to say before I give this over, the women just love Alyssa and they just hug her and kiss her and embrace her. And it feels like Sarah and Alyssa in particular, like when they go into these camps and hug these women, it's like, they're just like best, the best of friends and they could just like hug for hours. I don't know. It just is, it's so beautiful. They're so affectionate too. Like they're just so beautiful and they're like mamas and yeah, but you're doing such a beautiful thing and it's new, but it's taking off like crazy. I'd love for you to share what you're doing. Yeah. I'd love to talk about it. I love these women too much. That's, that's what people say here. I love you too much. So these women love them too much. And Stace, I'm so happy you came with me this week. Like that is so from the Lord. And yeah, I'm so happy you were a part of it. And definitely some of like, yeah, the breakthrough from this week definitely happened because you were there. And I believe that. So, so happy. Um, so in short, the backstory to this women's program is, yeah, while Adam and Sarah have been like crushing it with the kids and like teaching English and telling Bible stories and going, you know, doing all kinds of crazy things. Like I was like, Lord, like, I don't really feel like I'm like, I have like a, like a place in this. Like I, I love kids, but man, they drained me. <laughs> and I was like, Lord, like there's this community that we work in, it's 10 families and we love them all. And for a while, it just kind of felt like with the adults, we were like hitting a wall. Like we couldn't really get in. And I decided just, I was like, you know what? These women are on my heart. They have been for a little while. I'm just going to show up. And if they turn me away, then I'll go run around with some kids again. Whatever happens, happens, but I'm going to show up. So I just started showing up at about six weeks ago now mm -hmm. and you know what they actually started letting me in I don't know what it was I showed up with brownies the first time I think that might have been it 
That might have been it. Let's be honest. <laughs> but I showed up. I showed up and um, I, yeah, I had brownies and we sat and yeah, we just, we, op- they opened up to me and I found out that most of these women and their kids had been taken by ISIS. Mm-hmm. We didn't know this previously. Yeah. They had said, oh no, we escaped, we escaped, mm-hmm. you know, but they had never given us any details. It turns out most of them had been taken and anywhere from a few days to a few months, which, you know, that's either way, super traumatic, unimaginable. And so, um, one of the women I had been talking to a little for a few weeks before, and she'd experienced healing. God healed her from uh, chronic migraines and back pain. And one of the other ladies, so this, this lady, she ended up telling all the other women in the camp that Jesus healed her. Mm-hmm. I didn't even say anything. I was, I was unprepared for this, to be honest. Mm-hmm. She starts sharing everyone with everyone that she had been healed and then other women say oh i have headaches too can you pray for me oh i have back pain i have i have whatever and within the first half an hour of me meeting with these women we're praying for healing and i was like lord i don't know how i ended up here like i am 22 years old i have no kids i'm not married and i'm sitting in this room with all these moms who have at least four kids each and who have been taken by isis and gone through things that i can never imagine i'm like lord i don't know how i ended up here but i am excited to watch you work you know, and so uh, throughout talking to them and after this day, I realized that they, they all asked me if I could teach them how to bake. They liked the brownies and I was like, hey, that's my in. I love to bake. I bake all the time. And turns out most of these women had never owned an oven before. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that? Like making food for your families every day and never having an oven. Like I can't imagine that. And so I was able to, um, yeah, get every single one of them an oven. And uh, Stace was here for like my second baking class, I yeah. think my first or second, second, and and my third. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I'm just going in. And I'm meeting with these women one on one, or sometimes in groups of two, and just baking with them. Yeah. We've made brownies, and I made cookies with one of the women. And you know what? So we were baking, and I'll, I'll share one quick one yeah. quick story if that's cool. Yeah. Um, so I was baking. This was my first one, and I'm sitting with the same woman who experienced the healing the first time. Mm-hmm. And I've been, she's received a Bible. She's super open. She like has questions, you know, she's so sweet. And so we're making these cookies. And while we're waiting for the cookies to set, um, she puts on some Kurdish music and, it, and she just decides it's time for me to learn how to dance. And <laughs> I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. And you know, y'all, I grew up a ballet dancer. So I'm like pretty stiff, I would say like, you know, I, and she's just shaking her shoulders doing this like <laughs> shimmy thing that I have no idea how to do and she's teasing me and I'm like lord what is happening and we just laugh for so long like I felt like it felt like hours but in a good way you know and we're just laughing and having so much fun and making jokes and and we finally sit down and as soon as we sit down I hear the lord say like ask her what's been going on like she hasn't been sleeping and so I ask her about it and she's like how do you know I haven't been sleeping and she's like how am I supposed to sleep after everything that's happened she's but she's still like how do you know Mm -hmm. and I'm saying and at this point I've shared like the gospel with her and so she knows that I that I'm a believer and she knows about Jesus and I said you know Jesus speaks to me you know and he can speak to you too and I said Jesus loves you so much Mm -hmm. that he sent me here just to talk to you Mm -hmm. and she her eyes just pop open and she's like no way no way and and I'm like, yeah, the, he loves you. He loves you. He sees you. And, you know, you deserve rest. You deserve sleep. And he, that, that burden that you've been carrying, this stress, this trauma, you weren't made to carry it. Jesus is here to carry that for you. 
and she couldn't believe it. She's just in shock. And so I ask if I can pray with her. She says, yes. And we pray. And she, she's like, now every time she's like, please pray. Cause when like, there's a change, like I can feel it when you pray. Yes. And I, and I've been talking to her lately, the past few visits I've, I sit with her and I tell her like, this is, it's not just because I pray. I've been very, yeah. like, I do my best. I'm very clear. Like you can have this relationship. Yes. And I've been encouraging her to like pray for her family. Yeah. Like she said, like she mentioned, she asked me a couple weeks ago if I could pray for her husband. He had something with his, t- he needed to see a dentist or something. And I was like, you know, I'm happy to pray, but just know that you have the same access to Jesus that I do. Like he died for you to have this access. And so we've been talking about that. And every time she's just like, how do you like, yeah. how, like, I can't believe it. This is unreal, and it's just like the the creator of the universe wants to know her intimately, and watching her like know that, like come to realize that, is the most beautiful thing. And I want to be doing that forever. Oh <laughs> like, my gosh. yeah. So amazing. <sighs> oh my. I love that. I could just get chills. Yeah, one of my favorite little moments in all of that was. Um, we were making brownies with Han- Hannah and she gave us like three or four brownies each. And we we're like, no, 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 we just want one. And she's like, you don't like my cooking. And we we're like, oh, we'll eat them. We'll eat them. We'll eat them. So, yeah. so we're eating three, four brownies. Okay. Listen, I do that at home, but you know, like I like to pretend here that I only eat one brownie at a time. Um, but yeah, they're, oh, they're just the sweetest women and with the most beautiful children. And yeah, we had a little dance party too. And it's just, yeah, it's, so amazing I love what you're doing all three of you guys like I'm truly astounded and humbled to to be a part of what you guys have been doing for so long and I think I just so badly wanted to highlight you guys and gosh there's so many more stories I wish we could go through we really have to wrap up because we're heading to the airport but um (laughs) but thank you guys for sharing your experiences thank you for being you thank you for bringing your personality I think I've seen each of you guys um, show up in these spaces in these beautiful ways where it's like that you make the gospel so simple for them to understand and you use language that it's just like, oh yeah, like it's so easy to understand. And like Jesus's love is so pure and so simple. Like it doesn't actually take that much explanation. And so, um, they get it. Like when you guys talk to them and I've seen you guys in discipleship contexts and like new believers and just sitting with the word and opening it up and, and worshiping with them. And uh, it's just been the most beautiful, beautiful thing. So I'm, I just wanted you guys to know how inspired I am by each of you. And, um, I'm going to remember you guys like, honestly, and, um, quickly before we wrap up, is there like a way if people wanted to support you? Like, let's say if people felt inspired to like donate towards the women's ministry or the, you know, the girls empowerment or towards the kids, like this week we were able to buy air conditioning units. I think because there was like some incredible outpouring of donations. So the easy people through the summers where it's like 120 degrees are going to have cool air. Um, if somebody was listening to this and was like, oh, I'd love to give to like improve the lives of these, these people or like give towards, you know, the baking supplies or things like that. Um, Sarah, do you have, could you like kind of just comment on how they could do that? So if you, if you go, we have a website, um, you can type in lightacandle.global and then you can just go to the donate page and click on the Middle East section and yeah, you can donate. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Light a Candle Global mm-hmm. is our username. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And Facebook, same thing. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And honestly, you guys, like your money would be put to such amazing use here. Like it, it literally is changing lives. So um, what they're doing and your finances would be a huge help. So anyway, that's my little quick plug. But thank you guys. And 
I'm heading on a plane, coming home. Excited to see everyone. Thanks for listening in, guys, and we'll see you next time.